I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. Journeying now for 30 years into the life and practice of yoga, I have met many who have taken interesting turns when past extraordinary bumps and reached unexpected places. People with whom I shared conversations about everyday struggles, intimate realizations, larger questions, ideas and dreams. So today I'm passing on the mic to one of them so we could hear and celebrate the wisdom in people's differences and experiences. Hello and a very warm welcome to my listeners of Outer Travel and Inner Journey. Today I'm here with Richard Fuhrmann, who is currently in Graz, Austria. And yeah, welcome to the show, Richard. Yeah, thank you very much, Alexander. And yeah, I'm really happy to be here. And yeah, I hope we have a good time with our listeners, but I think we will have it. So <laughs> I have a very uh, tingling feeling already under my skin. This is going to be beyond what you expect, dear listener, because even though, you know, you get through the show by hearing all the facts about what my guests do as a profession, we always come to the highlight of the show by seeing what we, how we can help you. And Richard and I, we just decided we just jump right in. And then maybe the facts about Richard, who is, by the way, a consultant for business owners on a holistic level. So it's not just pure facts and income outcome, but it is how can you vibrate on all levels. And what Richard and I decided to talk about today, so you can listen and eavesdrop, is why is it so necessary for everybody who had an inner experience, maybe of awakening or seeing that the path needs to be walked? Um, yeah, why is that so important to come forward as in storytelling? Is that right, Richard? Am I coming to the point here? Yeah. And I see it more and more with people. It's nice that they had this experience for themselves, but it's so important that they share it on some level because sitting in a cave, yes, is nice, could be a good um, path for some people, mm. but we need people in this world also in, let's say, entrepreneurship and also in tech. Tech is a very important um, area right now because let's call it like this we need heart in tech yeah it's it's very mind driven it's it doesn't have a lot of heart mm -hmm. in it and we need more people who also get this um, part into the tech industry yes this is so funny that you're saying it because i recently spoke to one of the podcast uh, show members and she is in the tech industry in uh, she's in the it industry in safety and she said how important it is she thought first her work was in um, helping technology people to you know come to points of ease so that they can be more balanced and then maybe find also the depth of life life and the truth but now she is finding it's almost like she has to bring also technology to the people who are on our side already, who are already caring about their own growth path and awakening path. So 
I think it's always a two-sided coin in, in that matter, even if we kind of look at technology or people who work in technology. But why do you find it so important? What do you see is missing? Um, because we are progressing so rapidly in all the technology areas, but we as humans are lacking behind. I really see it that way. It's like um, our emotional intelligence, our compassion for each other, something like understanding of what a society is built on and things like this. So it's nice mm, to yeah, have... Mm -hmm. Sorry, um, but technology itself is not compassionate so i'm not seeing where you put the two strings together yeah that's that's also the question um is technology compassionate hmm. because let's go into ai for example nobody hmm. really knows where this is going to go um after the event horizon so we are not really seeing this um on a there's also one thing that's really important and this is something I would ask, for example, um, Elon Musk about is how is your definition of um, consciousness? Hmm. You know, not only human consciousness, but also consciousness for machines. When does this start? And my question is, can there be something compassionate also in machines? Hmm. And how does this develop? You know, this is... Yeah. A lot of filmmakers mm. have, have made the quest into this direction already. I, I think Machina is one of these movies that deals mm -hmm. with how an A woman comes to life and, uh, you know, and more, the more she lives and collects data, the more compassion she develops and own dreams and desires. So you who are coming from a holistic point of view and me like as an ayurvedic practitioner thinking that everything matters and that every matter is alive what is your point of view on that richard um my point of view is that we need more people in really powerful positions who develop more compassion for other people mm. and this comes partly from really also introspection looking into yourself seeing that we are not really separated on, on, on the consciousness level, yeah? Um, and this changes everything. This changes the world, industry, mm. to find the love again. And, and love is a difficult word. It's not easy to describe what real deep love is, unconditional love. That's uh, yeah. very tricky and, and, and not an easy thing to, to really grasp let's call it like this yeah it's like almost i was saying that to somebody and i believe that our starting point of why do more people need to tell their story of compassion and of their entanglement with the messiness of that process as well <laughs> mm -hmm. um we're coming back to that point where we're, we're saying that like in the story with the elephant that is surrounded by 11 blind men and every blind man is a, or woman needs to describe the elephant in some form or manner to another blind man they all will have a different story about you know what an elephant is one will describe a leg the other one will describe a trunk and it you never get the entire picture if you talk about what we call love or awakened consciousness or brahman 
there are multiple names for this or Allah even. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that is a difficult story. What was your own encounter with that, Richard? Just to, so that we can give credit to your own experiences and your story. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I don't know if you can give credit to any of these experiences, yeah, as mm. an I or for me. Mm. Um, it's more like, for me at least, and maybe it's also like this for other people, there's a calling, something whispering in you. Ah, okay, I want to know more. Maybe I want to look at more than sensual perceptions. I want to look at more than... Um, what the media tells you is true or the outside world tells you is true. Hmm. And then maybe you follow this calling and the calling is deep inside of you. Maybe it's like a whisper in the beginning. It's such hmm. a small thing. It's like, look at this, look at this. Maybe it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And if you follow this calling, it starts to unfold. Basically, it's not like it starts maybe like this and then it starts to open up. Hmm. The, and then your journey started. I mean, your journey started way before, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely. What was your spark? Yeah. What was your spark? Is there something that you remember as such? Yeah. For me, it was uh, the realization also that it, not everything that's perceived by the senses can be true, is true. And this cannot be everything in the world. If this is, it, it gets very boring in my experience. Yeah. And what happened when it got boring for you? Oh, I started to meditate a lot. This is what I, you know, I um, had contact with Indian monks and did a lot of meditation. Mm. Yeah. And I was just, I was searching for myself, basically, in myself. Mm. When did you get bored? What was, uh, what was the notion of, I'm getting bored. I mean, I'm seeing everything. I can travel anywhere. This is what I'm hearing you say. But what was the, if there is such a, an adventure, you know, like, or if, if there is such a point in you, where was that? What was it? Um, it was very early. It was like with 15, something like this. Wow. Yeah. And, and earlier it was also the perception that that there is more than we can see yeah we can see but we don't see it with our eyes we see it with our let's call it sensing or whatever it is yeah it's, mm -hmm. it's an, another state of seeing sensing feeling and yeah then i started to look into this and and open up to this because it's a whole new level of experience of experiencing the world other people and your journey and then i think a big part of this is what is your journey in this life and if you open up to this as a question not like i want to do this is in my opinion not the question that opens mm. up the question yeah. is what am i supposed to be doing here so that it it makes the most sense for everyone and also for mm. myself of course yeah it's like a win-win uh, question right where when we ask like 
what am I, you know, what, what is it that I want? I mean, it's a good starting point. It's not such a bad start, starting point. <laughs> Let's not discredit that because yeah. some people don't even know what they want anymore. They've been kind of socialized to death, you know, like this is how you should raise a kid. This is what you need to say to a kid. And, you know, it starts somewhere there in the copying of patterns and mechanisms. So asking ourselves, what do I want is an excellent starting point if it comes from a true place beyond like I want a house horse and you know all these kind of <laughs> the yeah. typical standard answer but if you say like I want a horse because when I work with horses you know something more arrives in in the animal itself in me and then I attract whatever needs to be attracted and becomes more balanced in balanced in this life is that what you wanted to say yeah I think what you said is a good first step and I'm way more interested in people if they say I don't know mm. because this I don't know opens up to everything else this is like they are open for new possibilities mm. before it it is like okay I want this this is my path I know what I'm doing um, but it gets interesting if you have no clue anymore what you're mm. doing mm. yeah and then you open up to new possibilities Absolutely. What struck me earlier, I hadn't had the chance to break in there, but um, that I noticed the reluctancies in many people who come on the show to, to own their story in detail. And this is, uh, um, I noticed that it can be a form of protection to the listener because sometimes when we hear stories, we come into copycat mode and we think only that way we, we, we can move forward. That way mm -hmm. we can awakening. And somehow we both ended up in this conversation wanting to reveal why it's important to tell such a story. And I noticed that if you, you know, I know, I follow a Tantra teacher and he is renowned in Europe and he owns his own story. Let's say that, you know, he went mm -hmm. through everything and now he can just stay there and, uh, you know, he can stay in front of the audience and be like the badass that he is, you know, and just owning all his stories. And I feel like particular people our age find it hard to say like, wow you know and then i took that herbal medicine or i did this form of meditation with a monk and i started seeing colors i started you know seeing other beings and and that is still something that is missing as an honest conversation that's what i feel and what i believe what i'm trying to bring forward with this show you mm. know these kind of campfire stories that are not so alien but they are real because they are happening in us and we just have gotten stuck with them or we got stuck with them. Yeah, to this, I would say there is um, Adi Shanti. Um, I don't know if you know Adi Shanti, but he's a teacher from California um, or he's living in California. I think he has a good description to this. You know, there's awakening in the head, in the heart and in the gut. Mm. And the head awakening starts maybe for people and also for myself it started with reading it started with concepts everything and the minds finally gets ah, okay this is what awakening is hmm. on a mind level hmm. and then you go deeper and then it goes to the heart and this is not on a mind level anymore it's hmm. it's more on an energetic level yeah and for me the the third uh, part is in the gut, this means living, living from awakeness. 
Yeah. And this is the most challenging part. Living from awakeness is, takes you every moment, every breath, every single yeah, breath you, you work on living from uh, awakeness, basically. And this takes also the, this is never ending. It, it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. And mm. so also for me, it started with reading books, books about awakening different paths. Um, and until the point came where basically uh, I, I put them all in, into a box and gave it to a friend and said, you know, I have <laughs> I've read so much stuff. I have to do something else now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's also important for people to grasp where they are because you don't need the same thing at the same state of, of being conscious or being in, uh, yeah, on your journey. Basically you need different people, you need different teachers maybe. And different tools. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And also yeah this is a good concept but you maybe you don't need a teacher at all yeah there are people who just found everything in themselves i, I don't want to to put anything in, into this box that i say people need this this is also not not really true hmm. um but i think the the thing that you wanted to talk about is a personal journey a personal path yeah yeah and for me the answer to this is uh, comes back to the same question what does life want me to do in this moment? In the beginning of this um, podcast, I also said, yeah, it's not so easy to say what I'm doing sometimes because this shifts, this shifts also who I'm talking to, what wants to come through in this moment and, mm. and it's hard to define. And I think mm. the problem also in society right now is we have so much identification with what we are doing. Mm. I'm a lawyer, I'm a business person, I'm a, I don't know, whatever. But the question is, I think this is not um, the truth about what you are. You are what you are in the moment, just for this moment. Mm. And yeah. And how can you help people? You know, um, because being an, a solopreneur, as you are, as I know you, and I worked with you before, and I'm noticing that my identification yoga teacher, Ayurvedic practitioner, mm -hmm and is wavering in all the insights I'm getting. And still, we want to, to assist people. That's what we both want mm -hmm. to do. That's I, I, what I understand. And that's what most of my listeners want to do. They want to find a way of saying like, yeah, there is credit behind that. So how can we, in this moment-to-moment -moment expectation and expression, how can we be visible to other people? What is your experience with that? How do we become mm -hmm. visible? Um, I think it's very important to ask people what they want, what they really want with this work. And because you might also notice in yoga and in meditation, there is a lot of people have different approaches to this. Some just want to be fit or it's a, a health um, thing others want um, awakening or enlightenment and this is a quite different approach where you lead people to so i think what you put out is 
different from um, from person to person. Mm. And I don't know how your approach exactly is, but my approach is more like this in every moment. It doesn't matter if I'm working formally or if I'm outside. The people find you who need to find you. That's true. You never know what you're giving people, but somehow beyond, um, I mean, it's almost like somebody might think they have a problem. Let's call, make it super easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's say the person has a weight problem. Okay. Yeah. And so what they're going to say to themselves, I'm having a weight issue. And then they start researching what they can do, you know, and then they might find you or me or somebody else. And because we are offering a course in losing weight, you know, that's what I mean. Like, you know, we have to, we have to have something that is conflicting to the ego initially to allow ourselves to have an entry point in moving deeper into if the person is ready to want this, you know, and if this person is ready to do that. But at what I was asking earlier is exactly that. So how, how do you define your work, which is so difficult for you to say to me. And I noticed that it's also difficult for you to express in websites, outings. It more mm. or less comes through newsletters more, you know, like as in shifting subjects and themes and topics mm. you bring. Mm. Yeah. In general, I have to say, I found this out just lately. I always thought everyone is interested in so many topics as I am. But I just really found out that this is not true. We have, I'm interested in gardening the same as I'm interested in, I don't know, entrepreneurship and technology. In, and yeah, I always thought, yeah, this is normal. This is what people are doing. Everyone wants everything basically, or is interested mm. in it. Mm. And basically I, I can frame it like this. If I work with entrepreneurs right now, yeah, basically I'm just, um, at the side with them, let's call it like this, to yeah. helping them come back home again. Mm. It's like from themselves to themselves. And however this looks on the outside. Is that what I found as well, that uh, this is something that I've walked through the last two years, but it's the more I make a product of what I have, the less involved I am from my home, as you call it, from my base, from, from mm -hmm. me. But the moment I shift my orientation towards like, what is really working for me, you know, and in, in a, like, what, what does ignite me? What does, you know, get under my skin? Where do I put my interest? And then make that the sole basis of how I spread my work, you know, then the, the exchange becomes or comes into action. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. And maybe this is also something worth mentioning. Um, I did a, or I'm doing a project together with a clinical uh, psychotherapist and um, we work on fears with this project. Mm. And the, Right now, just in this, you know, the year 2020 is the one of the best years, best, yeah, yes. um, <laughs> to, to face your fears. Yeah. And uh, that's also, um, we named it Face Your Fears. Yeah, it's a concept. Yeah. And yeah. this will come out in October, hmm. I think, this, uh, this year. Because it's, you see what's going on in the world just because people are afraid. Yes. 
they are not um, happy with it. It doesn't really help them. The, the job situation is changing for so many people right now. Um, the, the health system is in a big um, shift. The economy, yes, definitely is, is changing, shifting. And I think the best thing right now is to be open to for a real deep change, yeah, also as a person, because then it makes the whole thing much easier. If you have such a stuck uh, idea in your mind, it, it can get very difficult for people. And mm. so mm. this is um, yeah. something that I think is, is very important. Um, and it's and that brings me, you know, I, I'm noticing how I'm coming back in my mind to mm -hmm. our starting point because some people need to have guidance, you know, and they might mm -hmm. not, you know, they might get guidance from you, me, someone else to open up and they're not ready for it. And they're not ready for it because people around them, him, her, are not ready for it. So in a way or not, what we're referring to is like, we need people to open up or we both want people to open up to these stories of noticing how they need to shift really existentially. They need to shift and trust in, in that shift. And the more people are telling the stories, the more it becomes like a, a snowball system where more and more people allowing themselves to lis listen to their emotions and what they really want to tell them. Because to me, fear, fear is just in the front of all of that. Fear is just almost like saying, stop, we, you know, this is not what we usually do. And then the mm -hmm. next question would be like, yeah, but we're not getting anywhere with our usual thing, right? Or how have you kind of launched into this project about fear and uh, facing fear? Um, for me, I also before this whole Corona thing happened, um, I saw that people and also for myself, especially, you know, things start with yourself. I saw that I didn't reach my goals because there was too much fear in the way basically or mm. i didn't deal properly with the fear i didn't look at it and see what's behind the fear because it's basically energy that's bound mm. and um it's not something bad per se yeah it's not mm. and um i think the way how we treat fear or deal with fear is really bad in society in general it's not like you know medication is not um, not this, the only way how to deal with yeah. it yeah exactly. and yeah so it was important enough to really spend a long time um, looking into this and also in different areas like relationships or money or um, because I always say to people just in a, in a more or less jokey way I'm, I'm saying yeah it's only about your life do you want to look at it? It's only about your life. And yeah. then it, it depends if your life is important to you, you, you respond accordingly, basically. Yes. And the question is also, if you talk to a general um, audience, like we are talking now, you know, it's for me, it's sometimes much easier if someone asks me a specific question about this whole process, because then I can answer the person from where the, the person is at the moment right yeah. now. Yeah. It makes it much easier than to, to give general answers or general um, advice to for anyone. This is, I think, not working. 
And this is something why you need a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, let's call it coaching or something like this, because it's too general. And at the same time, this is why I'm making the show and I'm not mean to refer back to the show because sometimes we need to be able to hide first. You know, we need to see that there is other ways of living, other ways of coping. It doesn't need to be the standard way of. It doesn't even need to be yoga or meditation or Ayurveda. There is so much out there and every life path can become a beacon to somebody else if we allow that to shine, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to shine as much light on different pathways of, of coming into your own, into your home. I really like that when you said that, to come home to yourself is one of the meditations that I often do. So um, yeah. uh, beyond all the whirlwind, and still with acknowledging that we are all set up in different manners, in different societies, in different uh, socioeconomic uh, backgrounds. Yeah, and then when you're ready to step forward, you know, then, then you can listen to the individual's fear, you know, but you need to be heard first. That's what I find personally. Yeah, and also I think on the, on the spiritual path, one tricky thing is that you have any idea that this is better than anything else, yeah? Mm, yes. It's not better than anything else. It's different, but it's not better. Yeah. And yeah. you can also get um, trapped in thinking, ah, you're better, you're doing something, and all these other people don't know anything. No, this is, this is not inclusion of the whole picture. And yes. Yeah. And if anybody is stuck there, I can only highly recommend the, the app of A Course in Miracles where you just do, if you don't want to read the book, you know, because it mm -hmm. deals really with the thinking and how we're thinking. And what you do every day is you just say a simple sentence to yourself for two minutes, you know, and that is what everybody can probably afford. And the more you follow the thread of how it's set up, we you need to, you come to align with the thought of like, okay, if that is not bad, but if this is coming from love, from the love we talked earlier about, how can I be judgmental about it? How can this be wrong? How can this be futile? <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's, it's kind of a paradox um, because on one level, yes, being not, judgmental is, is the thing but on another level you have to be very judgmental I think because yeah. it depends where are you looking from oh so how do you see that can you give an example yeah I'm really not a big um, believer in if someone says yeah everything is like it's meant to be I'm going I'm going to lean back and then yeah look at the stars watch tv and yeah now you know, there is a responsibility as long as you think that you're the doer. I think there's a big responsibility. Yes. And and this is a it's a it's a real um, tricky thing to think. Okay, no, this is not not about me. I, I don't have to do anything. Yes, yeah. and some of us get lost in what you said earlier. I got caught by the sentence that you said there. You know. I'm just in the moment, you know, and I thought like, oh yeah, and so many of us get trapped up. Yeah, I'm just living in the moment and the universe provides. That's something that goes around in the esoteric world. I really want to call it that. Yeah, almost. Yeah. And here we are in judging and not judging, but mm. 
it is the blind screen to me. If you don't look behind that, what's behind that? Why are you wanting to just lay back and not be how you've been created? Because as human beings, we have been made for more, to be honest. You know, like we're, we, we do die if we don't move. We do die if we don't communicate. And this is shown in so many experiments, like in the science world, like babies that don't get talked to, just tended to, they they die very early they give up life they give up hope mm. you know and it's the same with our body if our body has to be constantly still even somebody in a wheelchair let's call it that you know or with not as many possibilities as a full functioning body is still moving and if we deny ourselves to be part of that movement and move from all the points then we are hiding something and that's what comes up in the sorry now i'm going mm. on my own tangent here but uh, i totally resonate with what you said there you know like with like oh yeah everything is just as it is you you, mm. you said it that way yeah you said it that way mm. i just uh, recently saw something really nice in uh, do you know the the be here now book from rumbas yes i do and there's one page and there he says um painted cakes don't uh, feed people something like this if there's mm -hmm. one and and i think this is what's happening a lot in society right now yeah the things mm. that we really need or that we are um, wanting to have we are not getting because money is not enough yeah it, we need money it's very important and and um, not saying that this is not important i'm just saying yeah. what we need on a deeper level like same thing real love compassion and and a feeling of um maybe community on one level yeah, yeah. we are um really lacking this because everyone gets more and more isolated also um with what's happening right now uh, yeah and that's what i'm trying i mean we are tribal we've forgotten that we are tribal and that we came into existence as we have as human beings surviving yeah, opposed to the Neanderthal, you know, we came in as a tribe to achieve goals and evolution together. And if we, if we behave like a singularity all the time as a complete individual that just needs to achieve for themselves, then we are we are close to becoming the Neanderthals again, <laughs> instead of just interacting with each other and seeking out the tribe that is right for us. You don't need to be in, I don't know what, <laughs> you know, you don't need mm -hmm. to be in, in any diet uh, tribe or something. You can be in a spiritual tribe as much as in um, a book club, you know, where you start mm -hmm. discussing your, your, your thoughts and emotions, right? Yeah. Mm. And, and I think it's it's very important to have good discussions, like open discussions, where you're really listening to people and not from a judgmental level say, okay, I'm completely, no, this is wrong, but listen to them. If you cannot have this exchange, um, I think you're missing something. Absolutely. Also, you're missing honest feedback. Sometimes people give you more feedback um, if you're willing to listen. Exactly. And it uh, brings me back to the idea that awakening as such, and if only if it's to your own emotions and crediting your own emotions, like your fears, your doubts, your 
worthiness, unworthiness, you know, it, it's all messy. It's not, it's all not, you know, shiny and mm. as in like a Hollywood movie where it's not the, Instagram. It's not Instagram either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is much better. But I'm thinking mm. of all the Hollywood movies where I think like, how did he get from A to B? And when did he go to the bathroom? And <laughs> yeah. he hasn't mm. eaten in the last 48 hours as far as I can. I would need more time to digest that, you know. So uh, yeah. we've become um, we've become like that, the painted cake in Flutter. We're trying to become the painted cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah the society would be much healthier with um honest conversations let's call it like this yeah and i believe we should ask everybody who the two of us work with to have these conversations first in a safe environment and not mm -hmm. go out and tell the next person you know like oh this is really what i'm thinking about because the two of us know that sometimes truth you know just to say the truth is more hurtful than um, being careful about where a person is, but we, we need the skill of right conversation as I'm thinking Ahimsa and um, Satya, truth mm -hmm. and nonviolence, as we say in yoga, you know, so uh, these things, they, they need to be respected at um, um, even levels, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I say to people, the only reason why I have compassion with other people is because I experienced so much stuff in myself, to be mm. honest. Yeah. That's the only reason why when I see it with other people, mm. Oh yeah, I know this. I've been there. It's not fun. <laughs> let's, let's see what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm. That's what I mean. Like if we want to be influencers in the world or if we, if we feel like we have a message to say, um, a lot of people that follow, you know, like if you have your Instagram followers or whoever is following you and is becoming a fan, uh, to those of you who are true fans of whoever you're following, always be aware that person has been through a lot. It's, <laughs> you know, mm. and um, so, and to give credit to that and not put them up on that pedestal. That's what I'm hearing you say. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And it's not, um, let's say it like this we are all on the same journey basically from ourselves to ourselves so yeah. something like this yeah i like that and i think we can use that as a good uh, closing point and since we haven't talked we have talked about your life a little bit and we've you know but we haven't really kind of dug into your work as in pinpointing is there something you want to offer to the listener even if it's just a sentence of advice or how they can how you feel like they can be in touch with you the best um i think if they get the calling to be in touch with me now i'm i'm, I'm saying it like this um hmm. they will be and the only thing i really want to say maybe in the end right now is if you can stay true to yourself, you will be serving, let's say, humanity much more than if you're living a lie. And, and this is something that's, um, yeah, this is very important to me. Authenticity and, and, yeah, being true to yourself, also what you want in life. And then ask, what does life want from me? Basically, these two things. <laughs> Wonderful. So. 
I love it. Uh, thank you, Richard, for this awesome conversation. I had a real party here with you. <laughs> it thank felt, you, Alexander. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It felt like a really good conversation, not just an interview. This is what I'm aiming to offer. Anyways, um, dear listener, see each other next week, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as the two of us did. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, please consider to become a patron at patreon.com slash Alexandra Kreis and pledge your donation.